0: Welcome to another edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look in the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond. Thank you so much for those who are watching on Facebook Live and those who are listening on the download. Uh, Today's going to be a really fun episode, and I'm really glad that I'm actually doing this, this live show tonight because... Uh, The week has, even though it's only Tuesday when I'm recording this, it's actually been quite busy. Um, I feel like I've already worked a solid week and we're only in Tuesday uh, because it's, um, yeah, like I said, it's been a week. I won't get too much into it, but work has been quite busy Uh, for those who are our regulars over on the Daily Diamond Morning Show. I actually didn't do a show today, and I don't know if I'm going to be doing one for the rest of the week. I might be able to do one on uh, Friday, maybe Thursday and Friday, but I know I won't be doing one tomorrow for sure, which is unfortunate. But, you know, those those are the breaks, as they would say. But hopefully you guys are having a good week so far. Like I said, I've been extremely busy, but happy to be here talking about sci-fi films. Sci-fi films were a big part of my childhood, you know, from Star Wars, and then from there it led to various other films. I got into Star Trek uh, a little bit later, um, and as I got older, I watched the Alien films and several others that, you know, I'll get into uh, as I go through my list. But for those who uh, might be brand new to the show, so I'm taking a little aspect of what I've been doing uh, over at my morning show, The Daily Diamond, which you can check out at 830 am Central Time on Facebook live at facebook.com slash Podcast. And I've been doing top five lists. Well, with the podcast version, I figure why not extend it to 10? Talk about quite a few movies, then get into you know the viewers and the listeners list. And it, it just makes for really good interaction, you know, and, and part of that inspiration was I'm a big fan of the Watch Mojo youtube channel where they do top 10 lists on practically everything and i know with here on this show we pretty much exclusively talk film though i'm gonna in a way bend that a little bit because i have an idea for those who may not have seen the announcement uh the hamilton film for those who are fans of the musical hamilton the the stage version of the film with the original cast was supposed to come out next year. Well, they announced today that they are releasing it on July 3rd. So I might be doing a, a reaction show to that uh, coming up here in early July, which I, I was going to save this for the end of the show, but I, I'll go ahead and get into it uh, just to give you guys a heads up. This will probably be the last live Derek Diamond experience that I do for a while. It's not going to be the last show that comes out for a while. I'm still going to be putting out shows every week, but it's going to be a few weeks before I do a live Derek Diamond experience. And I say that because my work situation has changed a little bit. Even though, you know, baseball isn't happening right now, and to be perfectly honest, the likelihood of it happening is not very good. You know, we've been doing some changes as far as how we run Business over at the at Blue Wahoo Stadium, you know, we've opened up the stadium for for dinner on Wednesdays through Sundays. Well, Wednesday through Saturday, Sundays we do brunch. But, you know, we're having to work quite a few of those. So that eats up a lot of time. You know, if I'm working Thursday and Friday and then either Saturday night or Sunday morning Wednesdays, I do Nerd Cave Retro. And then, you know, Tuesdays I do this live show that really only leaves me Monday to work on other things like, you know, I've been taking the master class program. I've been trying to get back into working on my movie script and there's other things that I've been working on. So I, I'm not completely getting rid of the um, of the live format period, but it, it's going to be, I'd say, at least a month before I do another live show, but the good news is I've actually got some pretty good plans over the next couple of weeks uh, for some fun roundtable discussions. I know one's going to be on the original Ninja Turtles movie. I'm hoping to land a guest from Back to the Future to discuss that movie, because this year is the 35-year anniversary of that movie, and I've actually done a couple of interviews. Uh, Well, I did one last week, and then I'm doing one next week that, that should be a lot of fun, so I am going to reintegrate the interview aspect back into the show, and that will probably happen uh, not next week, but the week after, because next week I'm going to release one of the panels that I did uh, at the Comedy Festival back in January, discussing comedy writing, which deals not just with film, but also writing for TV and writing for stage as well. So it's a pretty informative chat for those who might like theater. It gets you a little bit uh, behind-the-scenes look on the writing process of theater. But let's see, we, we got some, uh, some good stuff in the chat. Uh, Wade Vatican, okay, everyone get into your DeLoreans, Millennium Falcons, Enterprises, whatever, and visit Insane Worlds. Let's see, uh, my mother, Donna Diamond, is watching. Chris Davis, banana seat bikes with a baseball card to the spokes. Adam Waldron, Edge of Tomorrow is a very underrated film. Uh, yeah, that is a great choice. Uh let's see Bill Lyons watching George Carlin tribute. I'll check in after uh let's see uh t- 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 Eric fundin no, number one, a boy and his dog, and two repo, man. I'm assuming that's his list. Oh Adam, Derek, tell him about trivia. okay, so I mentioned the whole dinner thing. This is actually something that I'm crossing off of my bucket list, and that is we are gonna start doing team trivia at the ball at the ballpark on Thursday nights. And that starts this week, and yours truly will be hosting it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for those who have done Mellow Mushroom trivia, or really any type of team trivia, we're going to do it exactly like that. And I, I'm personally really excited about it. Let's really uh, see, Adam, Interstellar, I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> yeah, Adam, I'll, I'll talk to you later about the whole uh, the Hamilton thing. I've got... I've got an idea for it that, uh, that I think you'll like. You actually brought it up when we cause right before we, uh, I came on here to do this. I did uh, an NFL, ske- uh, NFL schedule, if I can get the words out, NFL schedule a reaction show with my friends with the Unicorn Wranglers. So um, you can go to their Facebook page to check that out. It's a lot of fun. Always fun chatting with them. We don't take it seriously at all, but make, that makes it fun. But I, I love it. And yeah, I, I'll, I'll text you after the show's over and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that figured out. So back to today's topic, top 10 sci-fi movies. As I said, sci-fi was a pretty big part of my childhood, you know, a big portion of it being Star Wars. But what I decided to do was top 10 list, but you can only include one film per franchise. Otherwise, like my top, four of my top five choices would probably be Star Wars. Well, no, I say three, because I would have included my number two and three uh, in that list still. But um, for those who have never seen the Daily Diamond, what I'm going to do is go through my top ten list, and then I will go through everyone's list that I read, uh, or that left me their comments on Facebook. And if you didn't leave your list on my Facebook feed, you can leave it in the chat, and I will read it uh, whenever I get finished with my list. So uh, some quick honorable mentions, Jurassic Park. I consider that science fiction because it's a what-if story of dinosaurs being brought back to life. I mean, it was a revolutionary movie. The effects still hold up to this day. I believe it came out in 93. Still looks fantastic and to me is still easily the best film of that entire franchise. Though I do like the Jurassic World films, But to me, nothing will will hold a candle to the original Jurassic Park. Another is Men in Black. A lot of people think that movie's too goofy, but I think it's pure, unadulterated fun. I I love Tommy Lee Jones in that movie, and in Men in Black 3, Josh Brolin plays a young Tommy Lee Jones and does a fantastic job, but I loved the original Men in Black movie as a kid, and I can still go back and watch it and laugh. And it has probably my favorite Danny Elfman score of all time. And I know he gets a lot of crap for his scores, but in that movie, I actually liked it. Uh, Wally would be another one, uh, you know, famous Pixar movie that I think is not just a great science fiction film, but it's a great film. And it just, it tells kind of a scary version of humanity's future. And honestly, I could see it happening. I'm not going to say what it is, because you should go watch Wally because it's that good of a movie. District Nine. Um, I actually I felt like I was in the minority that I really liked that movie. Is a little more slow paced and has more suspense than your typical like big budget action sci-fi film. Is a little bit more cerebral, but I, I still liked it. And I would throw in Arrival in my uh, honorable mentions as well because it, it deals with. It deals with more of a central topic when it comes to alien invasion or alien, you know, visitation. And that's communication. How would we communicate with aliens? And I, I thought it dealt with it in a very smart way. So I, I thought Arrival was was a very good movie. But uh, let me get a sip of my beverage here. All right, right, let's um, let me check the chat real quick before I actually dive into... My number 10. Let's see. Eric Funden, The Austin Sun. This may be the best sci-fi movie ever made. It's in the trailer. Uh, I'll have to check that out whenever we're done. And yeah, Wade says, yeah, it was 93 when Jurassic Park came out. And yeah, the guy who played Murdoch in the A-Team movie was the star of that film. (laughs) <laughs> Bill Lyons, all right, got my Carlin in. No, you missed me, Diamond. You got here just in time for, uh, for my list. But kicking things off at my number 10 is Star Trek for The Voyage Home. So I was never a huge fan of the original Star Trek crew, and I say that because I just didn't grow up with it. I still to this day have not watched a single episode of the original series, but I have watched all the movies. I like Wrath of Khan. I think it's a tad overrated, but I still very much enjoy it. But my favorite is The Voyage Home, and that's because I'm a big fan of time travel. So, getting to see the Enterprise crew go back I, to I believe it was the 80s and just, you know, the the group out of time and trying to fit in with the 80s society was just uh, a really fun dynamic for me. So, I haven't seen this movie in years, but I I really, really like it. It's, out of the Star Trek slash TNG crew movies, it's probably my favorite because a lot of the next generation movies were good, but they weren't great. I mean, to me, they felt like episodes of the show with a slightly bigger budget. Not really knocking it, but I just didn't think they were that great of movies. My number nine, and uh, this is my my shout out to Adam, who hopefully is still watching, is Interstellar, and it's one of his. Uh, it might be his favorite movie of all time. Uh, I remember when he and I went to go see this opening night in theaters, and, and visually, this is an incredible movie. Getting to see you know the the way they did the black hole, and it, it almost had to me. And he's explained this to me a little bit uh, in conversations that we've had, but it does feel like something that actually could happen. It's a little bit out there, like it's a little more sci-fi than another movie that's in that similar vein that I'm going to mention a little bit later on. But I I enjoy Interstellar. I like Matthew McConaughey. That scene with him after he's stuck on the the planet that has you know the the odd rotation, and it turns out that after he escapes from the planet. Like, 20, like 20-something like twenty years have passed, I think, and he watches these videos of his kids who were kids when he left, and they're now grown adults, and he's sobbing. And there's a hilarious parody of that, where instead of him watching the, the, the videos of his kids, it's him watching the trailer for The Force Awakens. It's so freaking great like one of my favorite internet videos of all time and that's actually a great top five list for the daily diamond i might do that on thursday top five like internet videos or something like or top five videos you love to watch on youtube because that would absolutely be on the top five but interstellar is a really fun movie i i i, I give adam crap for it because he's such a huge fan of it but i, I enjoy it. it it's it's a fun movie my number eight is kind of a, a cult classic, and that is the original Tron, made, I believe it came out in 1982 or 1983, starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Jeff Bridges, and also co-star Cindy Morgan, who you also know from Caddyshack. Just a cool story about what would happen if someone got trapped in the digital world and you know computers were really starting to be known at that time. I mean, they weren't anything like what they are now and what they became in, you know, the late 90s. But it was the early stages of humanity's dependency on technology. And it's kind of crazy going back and watching that now, because I went back and watched the original Tron a couple of months ago. And yeah, the effects are a little dated, but you think about the process they had to go through in order to make that film look the way it did is nothing short of incredible. And and I have nothing but major respect to people who did visual effects during that time because in a way you were having to invent new ways to do things because there was really no way to do it. And I I still think, you know, it it has its slow parts, but I really wish they would have made the third film to this because Tron Legacy is also really good too. It's one of my... um, it's one of my favorite um, visual movies in uh, *Tron Legacy*. Uh, oh, yeah, Bill. I know what where the hell you've been talking about. I've just been talking about just random stuff, random stuff. Uh, Bill, out of all the Trek movies, you pick *Hunt for Free Willy*. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, the whales. Yeah, you could say that wasn't the greatest plot point, but I like the time travel aspect of it. What can I say? Let's see. uh, Let me go back to my list here. Number seven is Aliens, released in 1986. I actually didn't see this film until I was in college, uh, mostly because this and the original Alien scared me as a kid and made me not want to watch it. But I I throw the original Alien in there, too. But you think of, you know, this age we're living in of, you know, badass, strong female characters. Well, Ripley's got to be up there on that list as far as the ones who set the standard for that. Because at the end, when she's in that mechanical suit and trying to protect the little girl from the alien and more so in the original alien, but even with this movie, the way they revealed the actual alien creature was brilliant and also really scary as hell. It was essentially a horror film in space. And I, you know, remember the tagline from the original movie In space, no one can hear you scream. It's just so, so freaking good. And I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I, when I watched it for the first time, it, it made a. A big impression on me and it's you know up there with Terminator 2 as James Cameron's best movie in my opinion like people love Avatar and visually I think those movies are great story wise I think they're okay but James you can make the argument that Aliens is James Cameron's best movie that he ever did but Aliens is a, a fan-freaking-tastic movie uh, let's see. Oh, Bill Murph, where's all the ochre Murph? Yeah, that that whole thing was uh was fun. Uh, let's see what we got here. Number six. I hinted at this earlier, but The Martian, starring Matt Damon, and I I put this above Interstellar because what I liked about The Martian is I felt like this could actually happen if someone uh, of his background and his education, we're stranded on Mars. This is something you would do to survive. And I, I love that aspect of it. And I, I haven't read the book. I've heard the book is almost too detailed as far as going into the science behind, you know, what Matt Damon's character used to survive on Mars. It would be something I'd like to read at some point. But I, I thought The Martian was, was a really, really well-done movie. Again, I haven't seen it a ton of times, but it made a, a big impact on me. And I remember having this argument with Adam leading up to when uh, The Martian came out. And I made the prediction that The Martian was going to be a better movie than Interstellar. And uh, he physically struck me. He, he struck me in the face. But uh, it, it was it was funny. My number five, Super 8, uh, directed by Mr. J.J. J. Abrams, also written by J.J. Abrams. What I loved about this movie is it was such a callback to the 80s sci-fi and adventure movies. The Goonies is one that I would put right there at the top of the list. It had such a throwback feel to movies from my childhood. And the cool thing is there weren't really any known actors that I can remember in this movie and I there was a little callback I did uh, on the live version of the show I was playing uh, Don't Bring Me Down by ELO, which was the the end credit song from uh, from this movie. And honestly, when I hear that song, I think of the visuals from that movie. And, and you know, it it, t- it takes place, I believe, in the the late 70s, early 80s, but I want to say it was late 70s. And it's about this group of kids who are making a movie with a Super 8 camera. And they start discovering things and then start unraveling mysteries and things like that. And it's it's such a callback to those 80s sci-fi adventure movies that so many people love. Uh, let's see. Eric Fund and Vic, played by Don Johnson, is a Minuous, 18-year-old traversing the post-apocalyptic desert of 2024. God, that's not very far off. In the company of his telepathic dog, Blood. When the pair encounter an underground community, the leader's daughter, Quilla Holmes, seduces Vic into their fold, separating him from Blood, who's left to survive on his own. But once Vic discovers he's been lured there solely for mechanized procreation, he realizes he's doomed unless he can escape and rejoin Blood. I'm assuming that's the movie you were talking about, A Boy and His Dog? I wait. Also, Sarah Connor from Terminator. Yeah, it's um, she'd be up there, and she was great in uh, Dark Fate, I thought too. And Bill, I don't even know why we are doing this show. Obviously, Battlefield Earth is the best sci-fi movie. That might belong on a different list, my friend. At some point, we're gonna have to do a like bottom five or a bottom ten list. Though I don't, I don't know if the bottom five movie list, or I did some type of bottom five list on the Daily Diamond not too long ago, and it didn't go over as well. Oh, fun, and yeah, yeah, that is the movie. I'll I'll watch the trailer when we're done. And LaVon French is watching. She also loves Tron. Yeah, Tron's a, a classic. Tron's a very good movie. Uh, Number four, this was a very revolutionary movie when it came out in 1999, and that is The Matrix. As much as I will knock the sequels for taking the formula of The Matrix and making it way too complicated, which happened with, um, you know, I'd say that happened with the Pirate sequels, even the Back to the Future Part 2 to a point, they got it back on track a little bit with 3, because I actually really like the Western aspect of that. But the story behind The Matrix was so revolutionary with you know Keanu Reeves' character Neo finding out that he's living in a computer-generated world that he thinks is the real world, and then he finds out what the real world actually is, and then you know, obviously the special effects that were revolutionized by that with the slow-motion fighting and things like that. A lot of people I know that didn't grow up with that movie, they'll go back and watch it and think, "I wasn't really that great." But you got to look at it for when it was made and what it did for filmmaking from a visual standpoint. And I'll even argue that it has a fantastic story, and the cast is great too. You have, you know, Keanu Reeves, you have Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss. I thought Hugo Weaving was amazing as Agent Smith. He was arguably my favorite character from that whole series. Is just a fantastic story, and I'm very curious as to what they're going to do for this new one that's supposedly in the works. I want to say they were actually filming it before the pandemic hit. So I, I'm super curious as to what they're going to do with, with a fourth. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Let's see what we've got in the chat here uh bill in that show would five be the worst or one um i would say number one would have to be i I get what you're saying though um would five be like the worst because it's the lowest number but no i would say one would have to be like the top worst movie at least that's how i would do it we might come back and revisit that I mean, I would love to do just a top 10 worst movies of all time. I want to say that was the list I did was bottom five movies. So we, we might extend it to 10 for a, a future episode of the show. Let's see. Number three is, to me, you can make the argument that this is the greatest science fiction movie ever made, and that is Terminator 2 Judgment Day, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton as the Terminator and John Connor. I love the original Terminator. Like, I think it's the greatest B-movie ever made. But the sequel, everything from the visuals with the T-1000 and those effects, I mentioned Jurassic Park in my honorable mentions, but the, the effects still hold up to this day. And not just the effects, but Robert Patrick's performance as a cold, you know robot who's made of liquid metal doesn't say too much but tells the story through his facial expressions or what little facial expression he has as well as his eyes he really tells the story through that and then the twist of making the t-800 what was the villain in the first movie making him the good guy and his bonding with you know john connor and the Terminator gaining humanity and Sarah Connor losing hers. And I remember me, Steve and Jason did a roundtable discussion on this last year, right after dark fate came out. Something that I think is super underrated about this is the way this movie was put together. The editing is great, but I also think the sound mix is incredible in this movie because there are so many iconic sounds. And to me, the most iconic one is the, the shotgun sound that the T eight hundred uses. The ch- ch- poof, ch- ch- poof. I I just visualize and I hear that sound in my head and I picture the scene of him walking down the hallway just shooting the T one thousand. You know, time after time after time. From a technical standpoint, that movie is so so well put together. I I love I love T two. It's it's such a good movie. Uh, let's see, Carlos, sorry I'm late, Bill, five worst podcast number one, The Nerd Herd, oh, come on, that's, uh, don't be so hard on yourself, oh yeah, Wade says, Carlos has a $20 fine, uh, Carlos, they were showing T2 a little earlier today, so of course I had to watch it even though I own it, yeah, it's one of those movies, I would throw the original Ninja Turtles in there, that if it's on, I have to watch it. You know, it was like uh, when I found it on Netflix a couple of months ago. Um, I saw it and was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching this. And I've watched that movie three times since I knew it was on Netflix. But that movie still holds it. But that's a discussion for another podcast. I'll actually, um, yeah, that's a discussion for another podcast. Uh, Bill, that shotgun twirl on the bikes, sir, six to midnight. Yeah, that, that visual is so badass. It's so, so great. But only two left, and then we'll get into everyone else's list. Number two, I've mentioned this a couple of times on my morning show, but back to the future. I love time travel and the aspect of racing against time because of something that's happened. And Marty McFly's essentially trying to save himself because he interfered with his parents' meeting. So his older siblings start to fade away. And this, you know, he he can tell by this photo that he has of himself and his two older siblings and they're starting to fade away so he has to get them to meet each other again so that they fall in love and he'll be born so that that's the you know fun aspect you know that that robert zemeckis and crew did of you know a teenager going back in time and meeting his parents when they were his age you know because that's something that i think every kid wonders when they're a kid and a teenager is you know what were my parents like when they were my age that and you throw in the great performances by Michael J. Fox and then Christopher Lloyd, of course, as Doc Brown. It, it made a car iconic with really just one simple um, s- simple scene, that being the DeLorean. I remember at it, it, the Best Buy not too far from my house, a guy who worked there had a DeLorean, and I would always geek out whenever I would see it. I still want to drive a DeLorean, I don't know if I'll ever own one because I don't want to be that guy who owns like a mansion with 10 cars and I only drive two of them. But getting to actually drive one I think would suffice as far as, as being on my bucket list. But everything from the story, the characters, the actors, I think the soundtrack is great. I rediscovered that not too long ago. Something I'm actually working on, and I can hopefully make it happen on this podcast, is there's a really cool documentary on YouTube called Back in Time that talks about the making of the original film and actually has interviews with Michael J. Fox, with Christopher Lloyd, with Claudia Wells. I want to say Robert Zemeckis is on this documentary too, but I want to Interview the director who created that that documentary because it's really well done, one of the best made documentaries I've ever seen. And plus with it being the 35 year anniversary of the movie, I think it'd be cool to do. But yeah, back to the future, I mean, I could do a whole podcast about that film and really that entire trilogy. But number one, you guys probably guessed it. It is the Empire Strikes Back. It's not just my favorite sci-fi movie. it's my all-time favorite movie. It took everything that was great about Star Wars and made it better, gave it a darker twist, um, added new layers to the story by introducing Yoda, introducing Lando, getting into a little bit more of, you know, the hinting about Vader's past. And of course, you know, the the revelation of Vader being Luke's father and it just being one of the greatest moments in, in film history. And you, see the first little hint that there might be something more to Luke and Leia's relationship when Leia senses that Luke's in danger and they go back to Cloud City to, to rescue him. And of course, you know, it ends on a cliffhanger with Han being frozen in carbonite and Lando and Chewie going off to find him. And it, it, I think Dante from Clerks put it best. It, it ended on such a down note but also left that little ray of okay the rebels just got punched in the mouth but they're they're going to get back up and and they're going to be okay. Let's see. Uh, Bill was fortunate enough to meet a lot of the cast over the years. Bob Gale, writer is super fun to meet talking about Back to the Future and Wade make like a leaf and get out of here. Yeah, Biff is Biff is fantastic. But yeah, that is my list, my top 10 sci-fi movies. This was a fun one to do. Uh, you know, I had a, a few notable uh, honorable mentions that uh, were tough to leave off, but I feel like to me, the bottom like two or three numbers on a list are the hardest, because that's like the cutoff point. You know, like usually everybody will know what their number one or their top three are but five you got to think or in this case 10 like there you can think of three other movies that you like but you're like you know do i want to put this I, I don't know i really like this movie too it, it's that to me that's always the the toughest deci- decision uh, bill all jedi had was a bunch of muppets funny enough i have the clerk soundtrack on my phone and um That's one of the first, uh, there are bits of dialogue from the actual movie that are on that soundtrack, and that little tidbit is on there. Oh, Carlos, the TX was a better Terminator villain. I don't know, man. I mean, the thing with Terminator 3, and it's not Kristana Loken's fault, or that character's fault, it's that movie was, looking back on it, it was kind of unnecessary. It really is because it was kind of, to me, T3 was a rehash of T2, but without the heart. But I did like the TX. I thought she was really cool looking and that she had kind of the the balance of the T800 with the actual physical skeleton and then the liquid metal overlay like the T1000. I thought that aspect was cool. But yeah, that's my top ten list. So let's get into everyone else. Has actually had quite a few uh, leave you guys' list here. So I appreciate that. Wade Vatican kicking us off. Honorable mentions: Tron, Short Circuit, and he too is also keeping it at one per franchise. Number ten: Starship Troopers. Number nine: Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Number eight: Star Trek 2 the Wrath of Code! Number seven, Alien, six, Avatar, five, The Last Starfighter, four, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. God, that title alone is fantastic. Number three, Independence Day, another fun one. Number two, Back to the Future, and number one is Star Wars. LeVon French, honorable mentions, Cocoon, The Last Starfighter, Enemy Mine, and Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Her list, uh, Tron, The Day of the Earth Stood Still, the original 50s version, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Time After Time, Aliens, Terminator 2, Terminator 1, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Alien, and Star Wars Episode 1 through 9. And she actually pointed this out when we did our, our Rise of Skywalker podcast. It's all one movie for her, which I, I'm not going to argue her on that. Uh, Jonathan McIntosh left his, his five, uh, Stargate, The Last Starfighter, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Back to the Future. Carlos Longoria, number five, Jurassic Park, four, Aliens, three, T2 Judgment Day, two, Back to the Future, and number one, Empire Strikes Back. That is a fantastic list, my friend. Uh, Samantha Owens. Number 10, Independence Day. Number 9, I Am Number 4. 8, The Hobbit. Number 7, Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. 6, The Maze Runner. Never saw that. Number 5, Jurassic Park. 4, E.T. 3, X-Men. 2, The Avengers. And number 1, Harry Potter. Chris Johnston. Number 10, Predestination. Nine, Children of Men, which I think is a super underrated movie. Number eight, nine, the animated movie. I know what that is, but I never saw it. Number seven, 12 Monkeys. Six, Blade Runner. Five, Upstream Color. Four, Arrival. Three, Ex Machiana. Two, 2010. And number one is Alien. Bill Lyons excluding comic book slash superhero flicks to give more variety to the list. Number 10, Starship Troopers. Number 9, Men in Black. 8, Short Circuit. Number 7, Terminator 2. 6, Robocop 2. 5, Ghostbusters. 4, Jurassic Park. 3, Rise of Skywalker. That's right, I said it. I remember you coming up to me after that movie was over, and you said that you absolutely loved it. Number 2, Back to the Future. And number 1, Chasing Amy. And to quote Kevin Smith because you go ask any lesbian, that'll never happen. Brandon Rutledge, Honorable Mentions, Mars Attacks, The Running Man, and Logan's Run. If you go back and listen to the Stephen King panel uh, as a previous episode of this podcast, there's a really fun little bit about The Running Man. Number 10, The Matrix. Number 9, Men in Black. 8, Starship Troopers. 7, The Fifth Element. 6, Independence Day. 5, T2 Judgment Day. 4 Wally number 3 back to the future part 2 honorable mentions for the other two films number 2 spaceballs and number 1 star wars episode 4 a new hope it's a shame we never got spaceballs to the search for more money uh, my mother donna diamond chiming in with her list number 10 war of the worlds number 9 the matrix 8 back to the future 7 men in black Six, Planet of the Apes, the original version. Number five, Signs. Number four, Predator. I forgot Predator. Predator would be... Ooh, that'd be close to my top ten. Predator's a damn good movie. Uh, Three, Independence Day. Two, The Terminator. And number one, Star Wars, in parentheses, all of them. Now, let's see. Adam, I think, texted me his list. So let me... While I pull that up, let me check on the chat real quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, Carlos was just joking about uh, T3. He said, it wasn't a bad movie, just not as good. Wade, hey, the TX was hot. Yeah, I agree, Carlos, not arguing that at all. Oh, here's Chris Davis's list uh, while I find Adam's. Number 10, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the 50s version. Number nine, Flash Gordon. Eight, Tron. Seven, The Matrix. Six, Back to the Future. Five, Blade Runner. Four, Aliens. Three, Star Trek. Two, Serenity slash Firefly. And number one, Star Wars. Uh, Wade, the problem was with John Connor's character the same with Salvation. See, I didn't dislike Salvation. I actually, like, that, to me, was the movie that everyone was hoping to see. Because we got the glimpses of the future war, and now we're in it, and no one liked it. I mean, was it my favorite movie? No, but I actually thought Salvation was, was done quite well. I mean, I, I thought the original ending of it, because the original ending was going to be John Connor dying, and then I think his character's name was Marcus, was going to become the new John Connor. I thought that would have been a great twist because it was even hinted, you know, that this isn't the timeline that my mother told me about. So it, it would have made sense for him to die had that been the case. Uh, Josh work: I love Starship Troopers. Casper Van Dien is a really cool guy in person. Uh, Funden is talking more about a boy and his dog. Fundin, you, you've sold me on a boy and his dog. I, I will check out the trailer when, when we're done. Uh, Carlos Longoria, there was a a Spaceballs animated series on Hulu years ago when it was free. I never got to watch it. I completely forgot about that. I I do remember that being a thing. But, uh, yeah, I never watched it either. Okay, so Adam has two separate lists here. Uh, His list of space flight movies. Number 10, Gravity. Number 9, The Right Stuff. 8, 2001, A Space Odyssey. 7, Ad Astra. six First Man. 5, Hidden Figures. Number 4, Apollo 11, the documentary. 3, Apollo 13. 2, The Martian. And number 1, Interstellar. As far as his awesome sci-fi movies, number 10, Battle Los Angeles. Number 9, uh, Battleship. 8, Pacific Rim. 7, Godzilla. 6, Armageddon. Those are his guilty pleasures, or six through ten. His top five, number five is Arrival. Four, Star Wars Rogue One. Three, Edge of Tomorrow. Two, Super 8. And number one is Avengers Endgame. So really, really good list by everyone. So I I appreciate you guys uh, sending those in. Really good turnout for for a top ten list. And I think we've got... uh, quite a few people watching here in the chat. Uh, Oh, Bill, by the way, Mandalorian roundtable dropping on YouTube tonight. Just got to decide on this graphic pick. Yes, so uh, myself, uh, Bill, and our mutual friend Chad Sanders did a really fun roundtable discussion about the Mandalorian that's going to be on uh, Bill's YouTube channel. So search for Lion's Den Media on YouTube and check that out. Uh, Really fun discussion, and I, I can't wait for... Season 2 of The Mandalorian. I heard that it's not going to be delayed. So we'll we'll see what happens. Because I think everything was filmed before the pandemic hit. And I mean, they can still do post-production stuff. Because you're in confined spaces. And you're not really around people. So, oh, Carlos Longoria. I totally forgot about The Fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth Element. Fifth Element's just fun. Like, I, I don't take that movie completely seriously. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner. But to me, like Fifth Element, that's just fun sci-fi. I I like the Fifth Element. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I I really enjoy it. But yeah, that's my uh, top 10 sci-fi list. As I said, thank you guys for submitting those. Um, It's probably going to be, I would say, Thursday before the Daily Diamond is back. And then from there, um, I've got to figure out over the weekend, because with my change in work schedule, I'm going to have to move some things around. Um, I don't really see it affecting the shows all that much. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to be doing a live Derek Diamond experience for a bit just because of the sheer amount of late days that I'm working. It's probably going to be best that I take a little bit of a break from doing the live shows, but there will be some fun shows coming out over the next few weeks. One of them will be Um, a discussion on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the original movie that came out in 1990. That will be with my good friends Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps. We're we're actually recording that next week, and it'll be out uh, probably towards the end of the month or sometime in early June. And then I've got some other things in the works. But, um, yeah, just stay tuned to social media over the next couple of weeks, and I'll be keeping you guys up to date with, uh, with all that's going on with the podcast world. Uh, Josh work. Schindler- I miss this list, but I love sci-fi movies. I couldn't p- easily pick a top ten. Yeah, I like the, the genre thing. You know, I, I think we might have to do something like top ten comedies would be a lot of fun because, man, there are so many different types of comedies from different eras that that could be a fun list to do. So I, I might have to put that on the docket for uh for june like i will say i'm gonna try and do the top 10 list still once a month those will be live because i love the the interacting and chatting with you guys as you know i read my list read your guys list you guys submit your list during the show so i i think um i i think we'll stick with that but yeah just you know everything from work and really just kind of life in general is evolving and changing rapidly right now. So, uh, you know, I appreciate your guys' flexibility and patience with everything, but I think that's where we're going to wrap things up here. I do want to thank you guys. Uh, This has been an awesome show. Uh, One of my most fun solo shows to do in a while. And it's it's not easy doing a show by yourself. You know, I kind of took that on as a challenge in a way to do, you know, these top 10 lists or do some type of a review by myself. So that way I can challenge myself to, to keep the, um, the conversation going. Oh, Funden sent the, the full movie. Let me, um, I, I'll have to save that and then, uh, I'll check that out Funden. but yeah, just stay tuned for, for what's going on. Oh, Josh should work. I could do top five or top 25 for any comedies. If we could pick from any year, that's interesting because comedy's been around for so long, maybe we should do that is you know, you could do top 10 but you have to like pick like you can only pick one movie like from a certain year. Like if three comedies came out from like 1985 that you like, you can only pick one. That that's interesting, Josh. I I kind of dig that. I I think I'll put that on the docket for June. That's that's a good idea. I I really like that. But yeah, that's where um, I'm going to sign off for tonight, guys. But thank you guys so much for watching. If you want to check out past episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience, you can find me on all podcasting platforms. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. And if you would, please leave a review because the more reviews I have, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. You can find me on uh, all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can find all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.